That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Wednesday, February 12th, 2020. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, does Uncle Sam have a smoking gun when it comes to Huawei? Could Airbnb's recent financials imperil its IPO plans? Is Apple Pay eating the payments market? Is the CISO job actually a miserable one? And might the Z Flip actually be the first good foldable phone? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. In their continuing effort to get others concerned about Huawei, the U.S. government has apparently made claims that Huawei has, for over a decade, been able to covertly access mobile phone networks globally via backdoors that were originally designed for law enforcement. This is apparently the classified evidence that the U.S. shared with other allies, including the U.K. and Germany, in an effort to get those nations to distance themselves from Huawei, quoting the Wall Street Journal. That was a tactical turnabout by the U.S., which in the past had argued that it didn't need to produce hard evidence of the threat it says Huawei poses to nation's security. When telecom equipment makers sell hardware such as switching gear, base stations, and antennas to cell phone carriers, which assemble the networks that enable mobile communication and computing, they are required by law to build in ways for authorities to tap into the networks for lawful purposes. These companies are also required to make sure they themselves can't gain access without the consent of the network operator. Only law enforcement officials or authorized officials at carriers are allowed into these lawful interception interfaces. Such access is governed by laws and protocols in each country. U.S. officials said Huawei has built equipment that secretly preserves its ability to access networks through these interfaces without the carrier's knowledge. The officials didn't provide details of where they believe Huawei is able to do so. Other telecom equipment manufacturers don't have the same ability, they said. Quote, we have evidence that Huawei has the capability secretly to access sensitive and personal information in systems it maintains and sells around the world, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien said, end quote. As Alex Stamos tweeted, Between the Huawei accusation and the blockbuster story on the CIA backdooring crypto AG for decades, it's a good day for all the wild-eyed supply chain risk experts who are often treated like cranks by the rest of InfoSec, end quote. Facebook announced today it had banned a network of two dozen fake pages and accounts linked to two South Asian telecom providers for using disinformation against rivals. Now, Facebook bans fake networks all the time these days, but this is new because this is one of Facebook's first ever takedown enforcements for commercial disinformation, not political disinformation or just information disinformation. Quoting the Financial Times, the world's largest social media platform said on Wednesday that it had banned a network of two dozen fake pages and accounts linked to two telecoms providers, Vietnam's Viettel and Myanmar's Mitel, marking the first time Facebook has taken action against businesses for directly using disinformation against competitors. 
According to Facebook, those behind the pages created what appeared to be an independent telecoms news hub, posing as customers critical of the company's telecoms rivals and spreading fake news of alleged business failures, market exits, and fraudulent activity at those rivals. Viettel, Vietnam's biggest telecoms provider, is state-owned and run by the country's Ministry of Defense. It is present in 11 countries, including Myanmar, where it owns 49% of operator Mitel. Viettel in January announced plans to develop commercial 5G services, end quote. Keeping an eye on the government regulating big tech angle, various outlets are reporting that the FTC is asking Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Microsoft about smaller acquisitions from the past decade that those companies made. By small, I mean acquisitions that were small enough not to be reported to the government. Acquisitions that were often likely aqua hires. Quote, the new probe likely will involve hundreds of transactions that never drew federal scrutiny because they were under the dollar value threshold for antitrust review, which is edging up to $94 million this year. Quote, this initiative will enable the commission to take a closer look at acquisitions in this important sector and also to evaluate whether the federal agencies are getting adequate notice of transactions that might harm competition, FTC Chairman Joe Simmons said. The FTC said it isn't conducting the probes for any specific enforcement purpose, though Mr. Simmons indicated they could lead regulators to seek to unwind improper acquisitions. The investigation also could prompt the commission to consider rule changes or other action to broaden the scope of acquisitions subject to review, he said, end quote. Note that this sort of scrutiny would not cover something like Facebook's acquisition of Instagram, which the FTC has already okayed. Sources are saying that Airbnb had a $322 million net loss for the nine months through September 2019, down from a $200 million profit the year earlier. This would be concerning, considering Airbnb's stated target of going public later this year. Quoting the Wall Street Journal, Airbnb's profitability was expected to give it an edge as it wooed public investors. After the troubled debuts of Uber and Lyft, investors have grown increasingly suspicious of companies with losses and no clear path to profitability. Any IPO this year would likely be in the third quarter or later, people close to the company said. Airbnb's drooping profitability is causing concern within the firm, according to people close to the company. The board in recent weeks grilled executives on why expenses are outpacing revenue, the people said. Airbnb increased its revenue to $1.65 billion in the third quarter, up almost $400 million from a year earlier, one of the people said. But costs rose faster. Net profit for the quarter was $266 million, less than the $337 million profit for the same period in 2018, and not enough to cover losses for the first six months of the year, the person added. Costs are likely to increase further as a result of Airbnb's recent move to spend more on safety issues affecting its platform. The company has struggled with theft, prostitution, and other crimes among its hosts and guests since its founding in 2008. After shooters tore through a house party in Orinda, California in October, the company announced a series of steps to increase safety for its members, including verifying all 7 million of its listings for quality and accuracy. The company in early December announced details and additional measures, including a commitment to spend $150 million on safety initiatives, end quote. Josh Constein tweeted, Safety costs are strangling Airbnb, just like Facebook. Turns out the margins in tech aren't so sweet if you have to pay for the consequences, end quote. 
New research suggests that Apple Pay may make up about 5% of global card transactions and is maybe on pace to reach 10% of such payments by 2025. Quoting courts, Apple Pay accounts for about 5% of global card transactions and is on pace to handle 1 in 10 such payments by 2025, according to recent trend data compiled by Bernstein, a research firm. Quote, there are indeed plenty of reasons to worry that Apple may attempt to disrupt the payments ecosystem. Bernstein analysts, led by Harshita Rawat, wrote in a research note. Apple Pay probably won't pose a challenge to the card giants anytime soon. While the tech company could, in theory, create its own network that runs outside of the card systems, Bernstein argues that Apple still needs the card networks, which are ubiquitous and trusted. Visa and MasterCard, meanwhile, are used to dealing with partners, traditionally large card-issuing banks, with the kind of scale that even Apple Pay could muster. The same may not be true for other wallets, though. Quote, Apple Pay is indeed one of the long-term competitive threats to PayPal, Bernstein analysts wrote. For now, PayPal has a commanding lead in the world of online checkouts and also benefits from network effects that have been building up since the turn of the century. But Apple and PayPal could end up competing for the same turf in the coming years, end quote. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I use this, and you should too. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee, so get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months, or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. Hey, devs, couple of 
quick items to keep you abreast of your industry. A new report about the state of software engineering in 2019 from the site Hired.com says that global demand for AR and VR engineers was up 1,400% last year. Demand for gaming developers was up by 146% last year, and the demand for security engineers was up 49%. Quote, according to Robert Half, 67% of IT managers plan to extend their teams in areas such as security, cloud computing, and business intelligence, but 89% reported challenges in recruiting that talent. Those challenges in hiring are even greater for roles related to machine learning, artificial intelligence, and blockchain. There were 23 million software developers in 2018. This number is expected to reach 26.4 million by the end of 2019 and 27.7 million by 2023. Companies in August 2019 added 104,000 information technology workers, boosting the number of U.S. information technology jobs to more than 5.6 million, end quote. But is InfoSec a bad job? ZDNet says the average tenure of a chief information security officer, CISOs or CSOs, is just 27 months. Why the intense turnover? Apparently because the CISO job is just super intense, quoting ZDNet. Many CISOs say the heightened stress levels of their jobs have led to mental and physical health issues, relationship problems, medication and alcohol abuse, and in some cases, an eventual burnout, resulting in an average 26-month tenure before CISOs find new employment. The numbers, reported by Nominet, represent a growing issue that's been commonly acknowledged but mostly ignored across the information security community, but one that is slowly starting to rear its ugly head as once-ignored infosec roles are becoming more prominent inside today's companies. Today, Many companies are adopting CISO roles. The constant threat of hacks, ransomware, phishing, and online scams makes establishing a cybersecurity department in any company an unavoidable decision. However, most companies are not ready to embed CISOs into their company culture and day-to-day operations. Today, CISO jobs come with low budgets, long working hours, a lack of power on executive boards, a diminishing pool of trained professionals they can hire, but also a constant stress of not having done enough to secure the company's infrastructure against cyber attacks, continuous pressure due to newly arising threats, and little thanks for the good work done. But all the blame if everything goes wrong, end quote. The survey took place this past November and spoke to 800 CISOs in companies from the U.S. and U.K., and these are indeed some grim stats. 88% of CISOs reported being moderately or tremendously stressed. 48% of CISOs said work stress had had a detrimental impact on their mental health. 32% said that their job stress levels had repercussions on their marriage or romantic relationships. And 23% of CISOs said they turned to medication or alcohol to cope. It'll be a while until we get proper reviews, but some of the reports from the hands-on last night with the Galaxy Z Flip phones have already started leaking out, and I'm surprised about how cautiously positive they've all been almost across the board. For example, here's Brian Heater in TechCrunch. The company is vague about the specifics, but everything about the Flip feels more solid than its predecessor, right down to the folding mechanism. It's sturdy. In fact, you can have the device open at a number of different angles to prop it up. Closing it requires more force than the fold, and that's a good thing, end quote. Here's Dieter at The Verge. 
My biggest surprise yesterday was the quality of the Galaxy Z Flip. Samsung seems to have done many of the things I said it needed to do to redeem the folding phone category. The screen is glass, the build quality seems solid, and the specs aren't underpowered. It's a good thing Samsung got so much right, because if Motorola had to carry the banner for the folding phones, we'd be in a much darker place, end quote. And here's Chris Velasco at Engadget, quote, Real-world testing may reveal shortcomings we just can't pick out right now, but I find myself feeling less concerned about what would happen to the Z Flip after a Butterfingers moment. It doesn't hurt that the hinge has been reinforced with special fibers to keep debris out of the phone itself, and I simply can't convey to you just how much better a proper glass screen feels to use than a plastic OLED. That nagging back-of-my-head concern about scratching that internal screen is gone. Apart from the noticeable crease, using the Z Flip feels just like using a regular phone. As it turns out, feel counts for a whole lot where foldables are concerned, and Samsung has a surprisingly good handle on it here. While the Z Flip doesn't click into place quite as convincingly as the Razer does, it also doesn't make a telltale creaking sound. At least as far as I could tell, it was pretty loud in there. And to Samsung's credit, the hinge system in place here allows for more flexibility than what I've seen before. You can, for instance, prop the Z Flip open 90 degrees so you can rest the phone on a table and have it shoot with either of the 12 megapixel rear cameras. That might not sound terribly exciting, but if it saves from having to carry a tripod around, I'm all for it, end quote. Obviously now very, very early days, but might we have the first contender for a foldable phone that can actually create a good reputation for the entire category? By the way, on the S20 tip... Remember how you can now shoot 8K video on the S20s? Samsung apparently told The Verge that shooting 8K video takes up around 600 megabytes per minute, or 3 gigabytes if you shoot 5 minutes of 8K video. So if you're considering buying an S20, maybe think long and hard about maxing out the storage. I think if you max out the phones in terms of storage, and then top it off with a micro SD card, you can get a combined storage of 1.5 terabytes. And if you're thinking of doing 8K video a lot, sounds like you're going to need that. So what you just heard was supposed to be the final segment today, but just as I was hitting record, word came down that the GSMA was officially canceling Mobile World Congress 2020 after the coronavirus outbreak made it, quote, impossible to hold the event. Quoting the statement from the GSMA, With due regard to the safe and healthy environment in Barcelona and the host country today, the GSMA has canceled Mobile World Congress Barcelona 2020 because the global concern regarding the coronavirus outbreak, travel concerns, and other circumstances make it impossible for the GSMA to hold the event. The host city parties respect and understand this decision. The GSMA and the host city parties will continue to be working in unison and supporting each other for Mobile World Congress Barcelona 2021 and future editions. Our sympathies at this time are with those affected in China and all around the world, end quote. So, folks are probably now looking at Computex like, how you feeling, bro? P.S. This is another one of those stories that I didn't think deserved a full write-up, but is worth noting. WhatsApp said it now has 2 billion users worldwide, up from the 1.5 billion it announced two years ago. 
By the way, I was able to get the show out on time yesterday, you might have noticed, because I came in early and recorded half the show before the Samsung event even started. But it was still chaotic, so this weekend's bonus episode, I just recorded a great conversation with Gizmodo's Sam Rutherford, where we take the time to sort out all of yesterday's announcements in greater detail. Look for that on Saturday. Talk to you tomorrow.